This podcast deals with themes of murder, drug use, and sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. Just exactly, how do you prove a murder if you're not sure one happened in the first place? I live in the Yarra Valley, near where this story takes place. On a clear day, I can see where it happened from where I live. I could see it this morning, when I drove to work. I see it when I go home at night, I see it in the morning, I see it everywhere. If you live in Melbourne, you can probably see it too, whenever you look to the east. Whenever you're looking towards the mountains that form the start of the Yarra Valley, whose eucalypts fill the air with a blue hue that is loved in the winter, but also feared in hot summers, when the whole area can and does burn. This mountain has been lived in for millennia. Today, it is known as Mount Dandenong. Perched atop this mountain, the highest point of all, sit four massive television transmission towers, tall enough to dwarf the biggest buildings in the city below. Below the biggest of these towers is a rocky outcrop. On a clear day, you can view Melbourne from this spot. That's as long as you don't get too close to the edge, which is as unprotected and dangerous as when it was created 300 million years ago, when a series of volcanoes erupted. This is where our story takes place, and this is where it may have ended. My name is Jack. I'm not a journo or a professional podcaster, but I think I've got a story. A story that's haunted me for nearly a quarter of a century. A story that has remained unspoken and uninvestigated. But it's time for the facts and the fiction to be dragged into the sunlight and investigated properly, even if it upsets people along the way. This is Pushed, the story of a teenage girl, an out-of-control party, the people who were there, and what happened after.
Hi. The story I'm about to tell you is nearly a quarter of a century old. For reasons that will become obvious later on, I can't share anything with my mates. I've tried to raise it over the years. But how do you possibly hint to your friends that you think they might have killed someone? I'm not alleging anything specifically in this podcast, at least not yet. In fact, I'm calling this entire podcast a work of fiction to do exactly that. I've even added a question mark in the title. If a crime is not committed, it can't really be called a true crime podcast, can it? And that's the key point to this story, the hard bit, the confusing bit. The bit that, if understood, would allow all the confusion to fall away. I'm publishing this podcast to at least get a record down of some of the facts or opinions. After this, I hope my conscience will be clear. This is a story about a girl called Annabelle. I don't know her surname. What I do know is that after an out-of-control party in 1996, she disappeared along with anyone who could explain it. But she did leave a bag. The next morning, that bag was found next to a cliff edge. However, the contents of the bag and the circumstances by which I found it near a cliff edge have troubled me ever since. This podcast is about solving a crime which is hard enough with all the resources at hand. But when you're not sure that a crime has even been committed in the first place, it becomes a difficult challenge indeed. I'm trying to answer these questions. Firstly, did Annabelle die that night? Secondly, if she did, was it deliberate? Thirdly, why would anyone push a 17-year-old girl off a cliff? fourth of course is the big question if she was pushed then who did it the answer to this question goes beyond seeking justice and is very personal to me I knew most people there that night in fact pretty much everyone and of that group there are still people I count as close friends nearly 25 years later I see many of them all as our friendship group is still very much intact I know them. I know their families, their wives, their husbands, boyfriends, girlfriends, and even their kids. This is where the outcome of this podcast might bring some justice, but could also damage some really good people, which is the part I'm agonising over. Ask yourself for a moment. If you'd played a role in somebody's death, even by accident, would you want to know? If it was a genuine accident, and your partner was minimal, but still significant enough, would knowing about it be any practical use, or would it just create additional pain and suffering? This is what I'm struggling with, but I guess by putting these thoughts down as a record of sorts, I've made my decision. The best disinfectant is sunlight, and it's time to crank the lights up.